Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Who won Game 2 of the NBA Finals last night? You know? Nobody I don't knows. have the slightest. Wow. Nobody knows, or that's interesting. Um, I don't know either. And uh, about to find out. We'll look it up. Appears to be two. No. I, don't I think know. it's tonight. Oh, it hasn't happened yet. I don't think so. Um, and because I don't follow sports, am I missing, are we missing the best baseball player since Babe Ruth? And this guy, Shohei Atani, <laughs> however you say oh, yeah. his name. He is. He absolutely is. He, it, there's a piece in Sports Illustrated basically saying, hey, everybody, just, I know you used to like baseball and a lot of you stopped watching. You might want to start watching again because this guy is the most stunning thing that has happened maybe since a hundred years ago when Babe Ruth was uh, pitching and hitting this way. The 27 year old phenom this week, he plays for the Los Angeles Angels, if you don't know that. He of became, Anaheim. He became the first player ever to be selected to the All-Star team as a hitter and a pitcher, which is wow. really quite stunning when you figure all the choices you've got out there for both. But he's that good. You know, he, I've always thought it was stupid in baseball where once you decide, yeah, I'm a pitcher and you move into the upper echelons of the game, you stop working on hitting because usually those guys are the best hitters as kids, as teenagers. It's just one of those old-timey, you know, guys were chewing tobacco, old-timey, uh, unwritten rules, uh, traditions of the game. Uh, it's just stupid. Um, this piece in Sports Illustrated says about him, uh, again, saying, hey, you might want to catch this if you like baseball, and that this is more impressive than Babe Ruth, and they give a bunch of statistics. And uh, he writes, this is not like what Samuel Johnson once said about a dog walking on its hind legs. <laughs> it, it is not... It is, it is not done well, but you were surprised that it is done at all. No, this this two-way show from this baseball player is more like a dog dancing the lead role in Swan Lake. <laughs> so maybe For I instance. Should, maybe I should catch... Do you know how to say his name? Shohei Otani? Shohei Otani. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to disagree that it's uh, more impressive than Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. Listen to me. Babe Ruth. <laughs> because, keep this in mind, Babe Ruth did it as a fat guy. <laughs> Excellent point. You know? As a drunk fat guy. Right. It's not easy. This guy's got like all the modern fitness gear and dietitians and trainers and the rest of it. When's the last time you got hammered drunk, closed down the bars, and then pitched the next day? Yeah, exactly. Be a 270-pounder with a hangover, then talk to me. Am I right? I'm right. Also, as long as we're we're talking about sports. Of course, you know, and I'll throw this in because this is legit. He is, uh, this current guy is playing against, uh, African Americans, which are often, uh, the best athletes around and, uh, we're not allowed to play against Babe Ruth. Well, yeah, and Dominicans and Koreans and all sorts of uh, people from around the globe. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's, as long as we're talking sports, you gotta hear clip number one. This is, uh, your NHL, uh, Stanley Cup championship is, it was decided last night. Lightning strikes twice. The Tampa Bay Lightning win their second straight Stanley Cup. 
what is it about the human animal? You hear yeah. that, and there's electricity all over me. Yeah. My skin is not, not crawling. It's like, I don't know. I get every nerve is jangling. Yeah, there's something. Well, that's what populism is. I mean, that's the, you know, not to turn it into politics, but there is something about crowds getting excited about things that makes you just lose your mind and want to do whatever the crowd's for. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Boy, you, that's so we, true. We're going to go get them. Let's go get them. Why? I don't know. We're just going to go get them. <laughs> I liked them yesterday, but let's get them. <laughs> Why? That's so true. On the other hand, it just sounds great to hear a happy, excited hometown crowd. Yep. Their team win the championship. You're not going to hear that at the Olympics because they announced today no crowds for the Summer Olympics in Japan. They were planning on having at least a quarter crowd or half crowd or whatever, but uh, because they're getting hit hard by the COVID and practically nobody's vaccinated in Tokyo, zero crowds for the Olympics. And uh, and then a business story came out later today about how many sponsors are now canceling all kinds of stuff because what's the point? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So we mentioned the other day that I can't remember. I think it was 40% of the people in San Francisco, California, hope to leave within the year. So that was roughly correct. Is it close enough? I mean, just astounding numbers. The number of people in the Bay Area in general who want to leave is is amazing. And I posed the question before our last commercial break. Uh, how many people around you do you think are are really enthusiastic about getting the hell out of your state, out yeah. of your town? I brought Keep this. Them. I brought this stat up to my brother once about how amazing it is. Because has there ever been many times in human history, unless you're like, <laughs> you know. You're, uh, I don't know, you're living in Rome with the barbarians at the gate. Has there ever been a, t- a time where like half the people want to leave? I don't think so. But I brought it up to my brother who lives in rural Kansas and he said, I'll bet there's not one person in our county that wants to leave. And, and most of like the San Francisco, California crowd would think where he lives is a hellhole. How could you possibly live there? Well, nobody there wants to leave. And where you are, half the people want to leave. So this is a big story in certain media circles today. I'll hit you with the headline uh, from a local news station. And as I understand it, I missed it, but NPR is echoing this loud because it fits their narrative. UC San Diego study data shows no mass exodus from California. Oh, that's that's interesting because that runs counter to a lot of what we've said and what we've heard. Let's read on, shall we? Ah, uh, the study found that there is it runs no counter evidence. to what every single real estate guy has told us, and all the moving companies too. <laughs> It'll cost you seven times as much to rent a truck out of California as in because of no, because of nothing. There is no reason. Don't even look over here. But back to this hilarious study. The study found that, quote, there is no evidence of an abnormal increase in residents planning to move out of the state. In fact, it found that the majority of Californians still believe in the California dream. Well, Jack, that just goes to show you. Blue states, Democrat-run states, are wonderful, and people want to stay there. But as long as we have another minute or two in the segment, why don't we take a look at some of the numbers? The study found that the That's percentage... funny because what you just did is what I heard on NPR this morning. And then right. it stopped, went to some sort of classical music, and then they told me about something that I don't understand about food. Right, exactly. So the study found that the percentage of Californians planning to leave the state has remained static for the past couple of years. 
Okay, well, that, that doesn't say anything because none of the things that are driving people out of the state of California are brand new. Uh, other findings included Spanish speakers, Latinos, African Americans, Asians, and younger Californians are more optimistic. Middle class white Californians, older Republicans are more pessimistic. Well, that would probably be because as the liberal crowd is not paying attention to what's happening in the state, they think it's being well managed because their party is in charge. Um, there is a small gap between uh, Democrats and Republicans seriously considered mo- considering moving. Here's what get, here's here's where it gets interesting. Only twenty one percent of Democrats are seriously considering leaving the state. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Only one, one out of five. And thirty percent of Republicans are seriously considering fleeing the state. There was an eight percent drop in. About a year and a half in Californians who think the state is one of the best places to live, from 50% down to 42%. And then Thad Kauser, chair of Poli Sci at UC San Diego, said, despite the popular notion of unhappy Californians leaving the state en masse, our robust research shows there is actually no exodus. The study found roughly 23% of Californians were seriously considering leaving the state. That's in not San normal. Diego. Oh, I know. I know. It's crazy. Thad, you're either a moron, an avowed lefty, or or just completely lacking in insight. One out of five people don't generally don't think about moving ever in their lives. Right. Let alone are planning uh, you know, right now to leave the state. They mentioned that San Diego, which is wonderful, but increasingly crowded, that number's around seventeen percent. Which is not big, but in places like Northern California, it's 37%. There's no mass exodus. There's no mass exodus here. And that moving truck thing you said, I don't understand it. It's unbelievable. These numbers are crazy. They shock the conscience. Well, the headline of a majority of people want to stay, that's nothing to be proud of. (laughs) You would hope a majority of people want to stay wherever they are. Right. Well, almost 20% of people have been fleeing uh, San Francisco since 2015. And the fact that that's remained uh, fairly consistent, they say that means there's no California exits. Can you imagine that percentage of people fleeing their city and often the state? Um, Just unbelievable. Well, come for the taxes, stay for the bums and crappy schools that aren't open. So That are indoctrinating your children into Marxist uh, ideologies. Yeah, it's amazing. You can write any headline you want. And, and, and you know, uh, statistics show it's perfectly safe to drink cyanide. In fact, only 70% of the people who drank it died. Now, stay tuned for more coverage from NPR. And people just don't think. They listen to what the talking head tells them, and they, they swallow it like Kool-Aid. It's unbelievable. Um, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. I've got more details on shrinkflation. So one of the ways that inflation is hitting you that you might not notice, although I certainly have noticed it, is uh, maybe the price of a box of wheat thins hasn't gone up, but there's now four crackers in a box. Right. Shrinkflation is real, and I've got some examples of that, among other things, on the way. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Now you're still 
want you vax that thing up. Use a handsome young brother, want you vax that thing up. They in real life, you need to vax that thing up. Feeling freaky all night, you need to vax that thing up. Girl, you look good, want you vax that thing up. Use a handsome young brother, want you vax that thing up. They in real life, you need to vax that thing up. Feeling freaky all night, you need to vax that thing up. R&B rap classic juveniles back that thing up with altered lyrics that say vax that thing up. Is he just a uh, believer in vaccines? Did he? Uh, what it would he, seem to be. Was he so, bribed, asked to do that? Is it? Uh, is he facing charges? Is that a plea bargain? Or you know, what we, we didn't actually look into this. So, but what is the theory on this? Do you know about it, Alex? I do. So it's in conjunction with a black dating app uh, titled BLK to try to increase vaccinations in the African American community. There you go. Because right. the two That's groups that aren't cost. getting vaccinated are uh, poor whites and uh, and African Americans. So vax that thing up. Please. Maybe Larry the Cable Guy can do some sort of pro-vax act. <laughs> Trump loving America would dig. Get her jabbed. Jeff Foxworthy. Get her jabbed. Get if, her jabbed. If you don't get a vaccination, you might be a redneck. You can bring him back, too. Well, Foxworthy. <laughs> sure. Um, so I was watching a little thing on Good Morning America about shrinkflation, which I've noticed in my life. Let's join this news coverage in progress that wheat thins are also thinning out. Wheat thins, real snacks for real life. The savvy shopper telling Dworsky the box was one pound or 16 ounces in 2020, but is 14 ounces this year. And in May, the shopper finding Walmart selling the two different size packages for the same price. You're getting two ounces less, so in essence, you're paying more. Thank you. You're going to have to go to the <laughs> store more often because the, the package empties quicker. Wow. When we reached Why? out to the makers of Doritos and Wheat Thins, we didn't get a response. That's in my pa- favorite part. We reached oh. out to because the, they mentioned that Doritos, they cut it down by a couple of ounces of how many uh, chips are in the same bag, but increased the price by 20%. So they did the double whammy. But I think it's funny when they say, we reached out to the makers of Wheat Thins and Doritos, but they didn't have a comment. Oh, they didn't want to get on the phone and say, yeah, we're giving people less stuff and trying to fool them uh, and trick them by uh, stealing from them. That's what we're doing. Any other questions? <laughs> Click. Wrong number. They, Never they, call again. <laughs> they talked about with toilet paper, they have shrunk down the amount of uh, the, the size of the roll of toilet paper that if you buy the big Costco thing, you're probably like a full roll less in your thing of toilet paper than, uh, than you were actually getting before. I've and, noticed that. The TP seems to disappear just in the blink of an eye. See, that that's what... The, so this story started with, you know, if you go to the grocery store and they've raised the price by 20 cents, you might notice. But if they've decreased the size, you may not. Well, I don't know if I'm the average shopper or not, but I need wheat thins. I just go grab them. I don't keep track of the price of wheat thins. But I do know if the box lasts me a day... As yeah. opposed to, that, that I notice. I think they've got it completely backwards for a lot of us. And the thing I noticed the most, rice checks. My kids love rice checks. We're gluten-free. Rice checks are gluten-free. It's a healthy cereal. And I used to buy, you know, I buy a box every weekend when I get to the store. Now it's just we're always out of wheat thins, and I have to buy an armful of boxes to bring home because there's like four rice checks in each box. That's yeah. what I really noticed it. It's just I like how, how often we're out of things. I liked how it was pitched for nine-year-olds. If they sell you less for the same price, that's actually more expensive. And you have to go to the store more often. I eat paste. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that gives you an idea what television uh, morning TV stuff is aimed at. Somebody too stupid to not have that spelled out completely, slowly, once again, in case you didn't catch it. 
If there's less in the package, you're paying more. Wait a second. I'm going to switch back over to Judge Judy if you're going to talk all this fancy talk. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) But, yeah, so I I think the companies are wrong if they think that uh, giving us less makes us less mad than if you'd have raised the price a little bit. I, I feel more, I'm more bothered by you trying to pull a fast one on me than if you'd have just raised the price. Yeah, I think the vast majority of consumers just never notice either, honestly. That things are um, shrinking? Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. It's raised Email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. I know. I noticed it completely unprompted, and I'm I'm a far from a savvy shopper or a, you know, a cook or anything like that. But just everything, the boxes of crackers I get, we, we don't, they're, they're like, they don't even make it through a sitting. You don't usually go through your whole box of crackers and one snack. Right. It's like fun sized, a fun sized box of crackers. And I've never found fun sized to be any fun whatsoever. Hey, we got to get back into Hunter Biden's art because Obama himself, Barack Obama's Obama! ethics chief has come forward blasting Hunter Biden's art scheme and uh, how this may uh, be an ethics problem. If you don't understand that, Joe will explain. Well, in in the way I introduced this topic a couple hours ago was that there is a young artist on the scene who is so hot, he's so amazingly talented. I mean, he's just he's he's barely known, but his paintings are going for five hundred thousand dollars. And indeed, that painter is young Hunter Biden. And your seems odd. You're covering this story because, uh, as an art connoisseur, didn't you once buy art from a door to door salesman? I did. I did indeed. <laughs> door to door have sales. It. Yes. You wouldn't think he'd make do sell a lot of that. No, he didn't either. He said, seriously, you want to buy something? Were you I in, said, why would you say that? <laughs> were, you in, were you in your cups when that happened? Uh, no, I don't think I was. Wow. I'm not saying I wasn't, but I don't think I was. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Hunter, uh, Hunter uh, Biden, uh, phenom artist coming up, plus thousands of Americans suing their states. Why? Getty. second season of loki says one texture i could have figured that out by googling it but i would have had to care enough to google it but or by traveling through time for you know a year don't break the time the time travel thing don't want to do that you don't want to be don't a very what to do um we got this from somebody we were talking earlier about some some statistics could lead you to believe that hispanics are moving from uh, left to right or at least from democrat to republican i don't think they're changing their views they're just moving from democrat to republican uh, hola, amigos. I'm a second-generation Hispanic born and raised in the Central Valley, and uh, he has a long text, but basically he says it's the masculinity thing that that just is so not in style for the Democratic Party that is so much a part of our culture. He said that's ah. what's causing Hispanics to move, and Asians, he said, toward uh, the GOP. Right. Wow, thank you for pointing that out. That's a great point. The, the Making men, you know, kind of a dumb laughing stock who needs dads is really not the Hispanic family thing, or the Asian culture thing. Well, and people with uh, uh, penis and testicles calling themselves women and disrobing in front of little girls doesn't, like, play real well either. We brought you the story, I think, the other day that somebody had found in their closet a painting turned out to be a Picasso worth $150,000. And I thought, (laughs) well, man, i got to check in my closet and see if I've got a 
a Picasso in there. Well, it turns out I'd be better off if I had a Hunter Biden in my closet. Oh, absolutely. The hottest young artist on the scene, Jack. Hunter Biden, he's about to do a show where his paintings are going to sell for $75,000 to $500,000. What? It's utterly clear to me that uh, the boy who who is the world's most amazing man he's a prominent and hotly uh, highly sought after gas consultant in the Ukraine he's an investment guru when it comes to chinese retirement dollars and now he's the world's greatest artist although you know honestly i've looked at his art it's really good he's a talented dude there's a lot of and, talented dudes their art doesn't sell for six figures oh right dudes right. and oh, women women, absolute, women paint too joe you know <laughs> What the? Where did that? Um, I, I will say this because my hallmark is fairness. The sheer novelty of having a Hunter sure. Biden oh, yeah. painting yeah. could really elevate the the uh, the expected market price from say a thousand dollars to five thousand. Seventy-five thousand to five hundred grand? Are you freaking kidding me? He sells access to the old man, the big guy. That's absolutely clear to me and they're going to some pains to cover up who's buying it so hunter will never know so he can't grant act he doesn't know okay. who to grant access to well it's an interesting source that's calling bs on that it's obama's ethics chief so the guy that served as the ethics chief in the obama administration his name is i have it right here in front of me it's just off the tip of walter schaub and so you have an ethics chief because it's their it's their job to keep an eye on things and you run things past them and say you know is this is this okay is this kosher is going to get us in trouble or whatever. He's your ombudsman. He's your conscience. Former President Obama's ethics chief blasted the White House's ethics plan around the sale of Hunter Biden's artwork. I thought Joe was just talking out his hind end on this stuff, but it turns out it's a real deal. <laughs> Um, Walter Schaub, Obama's former ethics chief, eviscerated the White House in a Twitter thread today, saying the administration is trying to make sure we will never know who the buyers are. So instead of disclosing who is paying outrageous sums for Hunter Biden's artwork... You dumb bastards. (laughs) (laughs) Prominent art critic Donald J. Trump there. Instead of disclosing who's buying Hunter's artwork so that we could monitor whether the purchasers are gaining access to government, the White House tried to make sure we will never know who they are, Schaub wrote in a link to, or in his uh, Twitter feed today. That's very disappointing. The idea that even Hunter won't know, but the White House has outsourced government ethics to a private art dealer. We're supposed to trust a merchant in an industry that's fertile ground for money laundering, as well as unknown buyers who could tell Hunter or White House officials, no thanks. Schaub expanded on his Twitter thread, uh, blah, 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 saying that the deal is the opposite of government ethics and that the White House did this in effect, giving the art dealer to promise not to give us the means to monitor whether the buyers are getting preferential access to the government, in specific the president, by keeping buyers anonymous. He noted that Biden's dealer, international art dealer George Burgess, has made a promise to the White House that he does not believe Burgess will lightly break. Okay. And so and so we've got to believe this Burgess guy in an industry, and I have no information that this guy's crooked in any way, but it's an industry that right. is absolutely rife with money laundering. So instead of making it all transparent, we're just trusting this Burgess character to keep it all safe. I mean, I tell you, zip up the lip. If it if it goes in my ear, it's stuck there. I will never tell Hunter Biden who paid half a million dollars right. and again, to get access to the big guy. And again, this is Obama's ethics guy tweeting, nobody 
ever said secrecy was the best disinfectant, but that's what we have now. And White House officials getting involved in any way other than to request transparency amounts to effectively putting an official stamp of approval on the president's son trading on his father's public service. That's pretty strong from somebody in the, somebody in the Obama camp. Instead, the president should be begging his son not to go through with the sale, even if that means threatening to banish him from the family's Thanksgiving table this fall and publicly condemning his actions. He added. Hey, point of order. Is the White House involved in any way? I'd heard that they're they're not, and therefore uh, it's all fine. They had made the statement that um, the uh, the paintings, the, who bought them, was going to be secret, and that's yeah. what that's what Schwab is attacking. Yeah. Is the uh, the idea that that will hold true? Uh, he does say go on to say this. On one level, I feel empathy for the president having all these relatives he can't directly control, capitalizing on his name, whether it's his brother, his son, or his sister. But on the other hand, he isn't exactly out there publicly saying he wishes they'd stop, and that makes this a little bit his problem too. It's disappointing. Yeah, I'm I'm less worried about that because the the dude Hunter has the right to make a living, and he is a talented artist. So you know, it's it's perfectly reasonable that he would sell his art. It's that whole you know secrecy is the best disinfectant plan that just reeks of either stupidity or corruptedness. I'll tell you how we'll make sure that nobody's getting any access to the president by spending a lot of money on average art. We'll keep it a secret. We'll keep everything a secret. We won't tell you anything about what's happening. That way you'll know it's on the up and up. It sucks if you're Hunter Biden, and he might be just legit proud of his art, you know, and happy with his, you know, what's going on. And his gas consulting and his investment acumen for the Chinese. Now, you know, like you got the painter alight. Thomas Kincaid, it's all those little towns with the porch God lights on and things like that. Right, yeah. And, you know, you got to Van Gogh with all the wheat fields and the sunrises. The big two, Van Gogh and Kincaid. Hunter Biden mostly paints the stripper baby mamas. Like, you know, hanging off the pole with the light behind them. You can almost with hear the baby it. in the arm. You can almost hear you shook me all night long as you look at the painting. Oh, boy. I don't see. I've seen some of his paintings. I don't recall seeing that. They're not stripper baby mamas? Not self-portraits of him with glassy eyes, a cigarette dangling out of his mouth, and his, his, his unit in his hand. Hunter, you're a loser. <laughs> Portrait of the artist says a stoned, middle-aged, dropout loser. But you know what? He's had a rough life in a lot of ways. Being the privileged son of a, a senator? I tried. I tried. <laughs> yeah. He's a good painter, though. I'll give him that. Cool. And you know I, art. I'm, oh, yeah. Well, I kind of do. I mean, uh, but again, gen, to be generous, you could get 3500 bucks. Hmm. That seems yeah. like a lot. Yeah, it does. So, uh, you know, we really ought to get to the situation on the border, at least partly because nobody is paying attention to it, except uh, Fox News' Brett Baer on Special Report uh, doing some absolutely fabulous reporting about this uh, national crisis, Um, humanitarian crisis, and crime crisis. I have breaking news. Oh, my. Breaking news. This is the dumbest breaking news we've ever had. Breaking news. Breaking height of presidential offspring news. Baron Trump is six foot seven now. What? Yes. <laughs> they got a picture of him in the New York Post walking out of a hotel with his mom, the Trump Hotel, and uh, he's a towering human being, and it mentions he's now six seven. When's he's the last a time? giant. I think the last time I saw Baron was when Trump got elected, and he's standing out there awkwardly uncomfortable like a little kid would, like, what am I supposed to do with my hands? And he was a little kid. He's six seven. 
Wow. How uh, Donald J's what? 62? I think he's 63. He's pretty tall. Yeah, he's a pretty And Melania's tall for a woman cuz she's a mom. Tall drink of Slovakian water there. And wow. Barron looks exactly like Donald Trump, so there's no reason to But uh he looks exactly like a young Donald Trump actually now, especially he's got the body shape and he's 67. Uh, uh, huh. okay. Maybe you ought to become a painter. It's lucrative these days. <laughs> well, we did a lot of sons of presidents news that segment. <laughs> a lot more than you probably need. All right. I was going to make a joke, but I'm tired. Um, so let's, uh, let's, uh, cast our eye toward the border next, huh? A great, uh, report. The reality down there. It's, we have lost control of our national border. It's not I've even also, close. I've also got the weight of Amy Carter, if anybody's oh, interested boy. in that. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Productive segment, wasn't it? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. For some reason, I'm used to sketchy, uh, weird emails, you know, that clearly are an attempt to rip me off or whatever. Sure. We all get them. Sketchy, weird texts. I feel violated. Isn't that weird? It Hmm. it feels like you're you're, you're a little too far inside my uh, castle walls. When you're when you're sending me the sketchy weird texts from a from a weird number, I don't know why. It's the same well, thing. Texts texts are different than emails. Uh, they're just they're more immediate. They're we're friends. Yeah, yeah. I feel violated whenever that happens. But I, I've been getting yeah. interesting. So believe it or not, the hour four of the Armstrong and Getty Show is shaping up to be very interesting. If you've listened to the previous three hours, you may find that uh, you know a hell of a hell of a stretch. But uh, no, it really will be. But if you don't get it live on the air, or you have to go to work or whatever, grab it via podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Um, so uh, the border is utterly out of control. We have lost control of who enters the country. Uh, the terrific young and handsome Bill Malugin is reporting for Fox News in clip fourteen. Hola, de dónde son? Honduras. Honduras. Wednesday morning in La Jolla, Texas, a scene that plays out on repeat every day here. Through rain and flooding, we watched as group after group crossed illegally into the United States, many of them women and small children, with most of the migrants telling us they're from Honduras and Guatemala. As we drove down the road a short time later, another large group of migrants was crossing illegally into the U.S., looking to give themselves up to Border Patrol. All of these groups having no problem just walking around the nearby incomplete border wall construction of which was immediately halted when President Biden took office, building materials left abandoned and rusting out in the open field. Keeping in mind, 55% of Americans, including a substantial number of Democrats, want to go back to Trump's immigration policies. The the building materials there and the half-finished fence, I mean, literally, it's a big, that, impenetrable, beautiful that, fence that they just walk around. Yeah, so I, I had a thing uh, earlier, let me, uh, blah, 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 what was it about? It was from somebody wrote, Oh, I'll have this for you in a second. Jack's um, thing coming up. Uh, she was writing um, for a magazine or a, a website called Persuasion, focusing on what we in society got wrong dealing with the coronavirus. I hate to say it, but the moment Donald Trump said he was for schools reopening, I think a lot of people turned their brains off and they opposed it totally to thwart him. 
Yes. Yes, that clearly Clearly. happened. And the same thing with this wall situation. You look at these people pouring across the border. Have you seen the overhead of this, of where the wall is built, and it just stops there in the middle of the desert? And all the people pouring across the border right where the wall stops. That's purely because Trump wanted to build that wall. Biden used to be for the wall. I mean, purely because... Hillary was for the wall. Purely Diane be- Feinstein. Purely because Trump was for the wall, just like the schools thing, is why people opposed it. It makes no sense to not finish that wall right there where people are crossing the border. Yeah, and the numbers are just astonishing. Meanwhile, the uh, cartels rape, exploit, abandon children, and make billions and billions of dollars because we've made it possible. Uh, rolling along, local law enforcement. This is Kinney County Sheriff Brad Coe. The current administration issued a series of memorandums and, and policy changes that changed the law. And policy does not supersede the law. And all we're asking for is them to do their job. We've got to do something. My county's being completely overrun. You know, if it were merely poor families searching for a better life, we still have the right to control the border and must do it. But and uh, and this it's funny now that Trump's out of office, you can say this again. Clip 16. Over the holiday weekend, Border Patrol arrested five criminal aliens here in the Rio Grande Valley, including a Mexican national with a rape conviction in California, a Honduran with a conviction for felony DUI resulting in death in South Carolina, a Nicaraguan convicted of sexually assaulting a child in Florida, and two Salvadoran nationals who are both active MS-13 gang members. So that sounds an awful lot like they're sending us their rapists, not all immigrants or illegal immigrants are rapists, but yes, there are rapists, child rapists, murderers coming in on a regular basis, MS-13 members, the rest of it. How long will the Biden administration continue to shoot itself in the foot purely to serve those who hated Trump's immigration policy? Because yeah. it's going to kill them. I was watching Jonah Goldberg uh, yesterday from the Dispatch, and he commented on, there's a couple of giant, low-hanging fruit wins for Joe Biden out there if he would have the guts to go up against Twitter, because the majority of his party wants to crack down on crime, do something about crime, and secure the border and do something about illegal immigration. The majority of Democrats, he just, he, we, we do this. Joe and I do this. I, everybody in the world is overreacting to Twitter. Yes. I don't know how long it's going to take for all of us, and I include myself here, to recognize Twitter has almost no relationship to reality. So quit basing your thoughts about what people think on Twitter. Thanks, or Twitter. Facebook, or Facebook posts, for that matter, or you know whatever brand of social media you're most invested in. It's the outer, hot-headed... Two to four percent that control everything. Such a distorted view of America. And then you, you add to it what we're always talking about, which is your your uh, legacy activist media. They give you a widely distorted view of what people actually think. And it shouldn't matter. But hey, we're all human. If you think you're part of a tiny ideological minority, most people are going to quiet down. They're not sure, going to say course. what they believe. Of course. Um, and it secretly, it turns out you're not in the 4%, you're in the 40%. You ought to be loud and proud. That Harvard-Harris poll from a couple of weeks ago, 80% of Americans say we need to get better control of our border. 80%! That's such a huge win! You're, you're taking no political risk as Joe Biden to go out there and say you want to secure the border. None! Yeah. But yeah. if you look at the Twitter feed and the cable news, it seems like it's very risky. 80%. 
You pull Americans on whether Nebraska exists, you might get 76%. (laughs) You can't get 80% on anything. And yet there's... That'd be an interesting poll. Does Nebraska exist? (laughs) Don't know 6%. I don't know. I've never been there. Not sure. If there is a there there. (laughs) I've heard about it my whole life, but I just don't know. It seems odd. (laughs) A state north of Kansas, you south of the Dakotas. I don't know. Here's a totally unrelated tidbit, and it's so predictable. Getting back to the, the, the great truth of government programs, handouts, if you will, good intentions, is that they always, always, always grow. And that, uh, you know, the, the person who's next in line, what do you mean up to 70% of the poverty line? Uh, I'm at 72%. I'm no richer than that guy. I got to get it. And so you give it to him. And then once anybody gets a benefit, you can never take it away. Or you're balancing the budget on the backs of the poor. How can you take it away from these hardworking Americans who, by the way, make buying decisions based on assuming that government money is going to keep coming in? Mm. Well, here it is. All these states that have cut, that have opted out of the enhanced federal unemployment benefits, their citizens are suing their governors for opting out. They're saying it's completely unfair, it's a violation of power, It's uh, it violates the state constitution, whatever. They're saying you can't opt out of federal benefits. And it's it's a bunch of different states are doing this. In spite of the fact that on an annualized basis, families may receive a maximum benefit package of 147000 in Massachusetts for not lifting a finger, not doing a minute of work. Hundred and thirty-eight grand in Washington, hundred and thirty-six in in New Jersey. On wow. and on it goes. That has no relationship to people not taking jobs. Um, uh, you know, I got to admit that while I think the the uh, the handouts have been too generous and that it's you know doing more harm than good at this point, I was surprised when I heard that that they 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 can do that. They can turn down this. You know, the people that represent us including from your own state, uh, mostly have voted to give you money, and they can say, no, you're not going to get it? It's an in- it is an interesting constitutional uh, question. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, the uh, high unemployment is largely driven at this point by Democrat-run states. Of the uh, lowest uh, unemployment states, they're all led by Republican governors. Armstrong and Getty.